welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles. I'm of course joined by Peter Franklin. Hi Charlie. Hi Peter. And today we're talking about Brexit, sort of. So we're talking about an opportunity that Brexit might present for Britain. Mm. Specifically on the subject of sheep. Sheep, yes. Um, Britain is in many ways a world capital of sheep. Um, if Bet you weren't expecting the unpacked short to be on that. <laughs> no, no, indeed. We're the Saudi Arabia of sheep. Um, possibly Australia's got one up on us there. But basically, we've got a lot of sheep in our countryside. Nibble, nibble, nibble all day. <laughs> Obviously, that has consequences for the landscape. You know, nothing grows beyond some hardy grass. And um, especially on the hills, it creates that kind of bare, windswept look that we're very familiar with in this country. Think of Yorkshire Dales, Lake District, places like that, Pennines. And um, the reason why they're there is because of agricultural policy. And Brexit means that we detach ourselves from the frameworks, you know, the various frameworks of EU agricultural policy, and we've got the chance to really rethink the way that we support farming in this country. Okay, so we're going to come back to the subsidies, kind of whether they work, the implications, uh, not just for sheep, but for farmers, uh, mm. of potentially changing that. But let's just take one step back, and can I ask you, Peter, why we're talking about this? Yes, um, this is really um, occasioned by a debate which took place in the middle of London. Uh, it featured George Monbiot, the Guardian journalist, and Rory Stewart, Conservative MP, Minister, and uh, MP for very much a sort of hill farming, sheep farming area in the north of England. And um, they, with two others, um, President of the National Farmers Union uh, on Stewart's side, and a con conservationist on Monbiot's side um, were arguing about whether we should get the sheep off the hills and allow those environments to rewild, which means basically going back to nature and um, which would probably mean a sort of reforestation of those environments. And to be clear, our landscape so you know having these kind of hilltops that are treeless is peculiar isn't it it's it, it, you know this is not what you would normally see it's not i mean we think it's the way things should be because that's what we have here exactly but actually england's england, even the north of england is not somewhere like iceland or the the arctic tundra you know trees ought to be growing over almost the whole of the British Isles and would do if it weren't for human intervention. Um, and, you know, it seems ridiculous that, um, you know, you, you look at Europe, uh, a map of Europe uh, from space, for instance, satellite image, and you see that trees tend to grow in upland areas, those sort of marginal areas, unfarmed areas where few people live, that's where the forests naturally grow. Not in England, though. I mean, that's a weird thing. Um, in fact, we have 
more woodlands in the south, in the low-lying low south of the country, than in the north on the hills, and that's absurd. Okay, so let's go back to the subsidies then. Um, so one of the arguments that I think was it Rory Stewart uh, made was that you know this is this is a way of life for farmers. Yes, and I think it's something like in your piece about six and a half thousand hill farmers yes. who um, obviously receive the subsidies. Um, I'll ask you, Peter, in a second to explain kind of, you know, how this works and kind of, you know, is it worthwhile to be mm-hmm. giving them the subsidies? Yes. But, the, but there is something more than just the monetary value here that if you don't continue with the subsidies, if we do allow reforestation, which is what's happening in most kind of rich countries now, yes. um, then actually you're sort of abandoning these thousands of farmers whose very livelihood communities will will be ruined well it's it's fair to say that they're not earning very much anyway i mean the subsidies are well they they add up to quite a lot but you know as a percentage of overall farm subsidies not that much um as you know if you work it out per head of tourists that come to visit these areas um it's not very much either just a few pounds per head so you know we the country can easily afford to pay the existing level of subsidy the issue though is why are we doing it and do we preserve a way of life um landscapes as as we've come to know them well perhaps if these areas were actually more biologically rich um, they'd attract more tourists and there could be more jobs. We don't know because we haven't tried it yet. Um, and I think the other argument is, well, there's all sorts of lifestyles that we've decided that, well, really, they've had their day and we've let them dwindle away. You know, most mining in this country. Um, I come from a part of the world which, um, before the Industrial Revolution, was the centre of Britain's iron smelting industry. You wouldn't guess that these days. This is the Kent-Sussex border. Um, But all that's left behind are a a sort of string of hammer ponds and forge ponds where where this went on. Now it's wooded again. You'd never guess it was there. But it was a whole way of life that just disappeared because it was superseded. Um, So we've got to really decide whether we want to keep people in in sort of uh, obsolete professions, if if indeed they are obsolete. Okay, um, so let's say that we agree that you know these subsidies. We have this opportunity post Brexit to change our agricultural policy. That these subsidies are, you know, albeit perhaps not not that high per head are um, unnecessary, and that we don't think there is value in maintaining these these ways of life. I mean, it would be pretty awful to just stop that overnight. Absolutely. And the, the, this this whole rewilding debate, sometimes it, it gets rather exaggerated. Like, we're going to just completely let the whole half the country just turn into a giant forest. No, but, you know, the, the fact is that hill farming areas cover a huge area. It's twice as twice as extensive as all the 
towns and cities put together. It's a phenomenal right? figure, yeah. A huge area. Um, so there's enough room in that area to do some large-scale experiments. And then we can see what is best for the, the countryside, the communities, the farmers, the wildlife, whether to carry on, perhaps with modifications, the way things have been happening, or to, in other areas, let the rewilding happen. Um, and maybe sort of in between areas where we have kind of a managed rewilding and perhaps some um, farmers retra retrained to actually be the ones who manage the new countryside, the sort of more diverse, uh, more wooded countryside. And um, we'll see what works, but um, it seems ridiculous to insist that we carry on in exactly the same way um, over the entire uplands of Britain um, for an indefinite period into the future. Surely there's room to see how the future could be different. There we go. The other Brexit debate, as uh, Peter termed it in the headline of his Unpacked. Um, you can obviously read that Unpacked on the website at uh, unheard.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Peter, for sharing another insightful Unpacked with us. Thank you, James, for producing this podcast. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you.